Greetings, Cap fans. It's episode 149 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Hi, I'm Rick Verbanas. I'm your host. And today, as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host. His name is Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. It's early morning. The sun comes out. Last night was shaking and pretty loud. My cat is purring. It scratches my skin. So what's wrong with another sin? The bitch is hungry. She needs to tell. So give her inches and feed her well. More days to come, new places to go. I've got to leave. It's time for a show. I don't, you know, it sounds familiar, Rick. All right. And I like right. to, I like to think that. I, I, I like to think I know what it is, but it's, it's, it's escaping me. All right, here you go. Here's the, here's the next part. All right. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I, you know, I yeah. uh, really thought this was going to be an early seventies uh, throwback, but you, yeah, you got me with uh, Rock you like a hurricane. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, do you, well, first of all, yeah, you're right. That was a 1984 song. So certainly yeah. not uh, going along with what we're covering today, but who sang rock, rock you like a hurricane. Oh my God! Is what's the name of the band? They're German, aren't they? German, right? They're German. I don't, I, I don't know about that part, but it's the Scorpions. The Scorpions. Damn it! <laughs> yes, I'm. I yeah. might as well have picked a band that was that was the Mister Hides. Yeah, uh, I think they're German. Are they? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Well, anyway, why did I pick that one today? Because we are covering Captain America 151 and 152. And as Bob pointed out, it is from 1970, 1972, but it is the villains of the Scorpion and Mr. Hyde. Nice. Nice. Well done. Thank well you. Done. And I thought I thought the lyric uh, and now it's time for a show. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought nice. that's got a perfect opening. I, I also thought I thought you were just you were it was a commentary on my cat. So. Yeah, well, you know, you know uh, the bitch does need something. She does. Well, it's a it's a, it's a male, but whatever. What do you think he meant by? I'm uh, I know what you know. Don't do it. What do you think he meant by? So give her some inches. And uh, feed her well. Yeah, I think I, you know, like just give her some space, man. Just, they all just want a little, just a little space. Oh, is that what that meant? A good, some space and a good meal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought when he said "give her inches," he was and feed her well. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the height of how much food he pours in the bowl. Oh, that's that's a good guess, though. Yeah, that's good. That's a good guess. Okay. <laughs> all right, Bob. How you been? How you, how you feeling? I, you know, I'm, I'm on the mend, Rick. I, I was telling you before, uh, before we started the show that today's a banner day. My wife is moving back into the bedroom after two weeks of sleeping in the guest room. She's what finally, did you do, Bob? She's finally come to the conclusion that I may no longer be contagious. So, um, or she can no longer justify, um, uh, sleeping upstairs in the, in the, in the, in the, in the bedroom, spare bedroom. So that, that's a big day. So, uh, so, so I've given her some space. Sorry. I've given her those inches, Rick. And mm. I'm also, uh, I, I, right before later we started, tonight, are you going to give her some inches? I'm going to give her a good meal. <laughs> I, I, I was making dinner before we hopped on. So, uh, 
so yeah so give her some space give her some inches and a good meal i think that's what they were talking about what else i don't know oh that's good i'm, I'm glad i'm glad you're on the mend yeah uh i'm glad you uh you are uh not as fully impacted by the vid yeah and uh you're feeling better I am. And I'm, I'm super excited about one thing, Rick. I, I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but, you know, um, prior to my, I was, I was sick for like two weeks with COVID. I mean, mm -hmm. super, super like worst case ever, right. For me and uh, sick as I've ever been. And I've had some mm -hmm. crazy stuff. Like when I was living in a, I mean, terrible stuff. And I, I, there were some times there when I was like, Oh my God, this is going to last for months. I'm going to be one of those people that have long COVID that have brain fog and mm -hmm. just sit on the couch and stare at a spot on the wall. But anyway, uh, so I didn't get to tell you, but uh, I'm I'm really excited about this because you see this right here. Uh, it's a box. It's a small he's, box. He's yeah. showing a box to me. I am. This, Rick, this is something I I picked up for you in Alaska. What? Yeah, you got me and something in Alaska. I did. I did. I, I saw this and I was like, I gotta get it. And so, uh, but it's a very small box. By the it, way. it is a small box. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I haven't had a chance to like go to the post office, but you know, mm -hmm. package it up, send it in the post. So I'm, I'm, I'm better now back to work tomorrow. So I'm going to like zip by the post office and, and pop that in the mail and get that to you. Cause I'm super excited for you to get it and uh, discover uh, what it is. <laughs> so you just teased me. Yeah. You just showed me a picture of this box, yep. which by the way, is the size of like a ring box, mm -hmm. you know, like a jewelry yeah. ring box. I hope you say yes. That's all I can <laughs> say. <laughs> uh yeah. you know so you're you're just teasing me and then i'm gonna get in the mail like in a week and yep. and then all right all right here's what i will do bob yeah the next time uh we're recording yeah i will open it that's a great idea right then and there yeah, yeah. be the first time i'll be seeing it i will be yeah. doing it on this podcast that's a great idea yeah i think you're going to be surprised and delighted <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I'm glad you threw in the second part because surprise yeah. isn't always a good thing. No, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. that's very thoughtful of you. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Um, I know you're a thoughtful guy, so I whatever it is, I'm sure I'm going to love it. Uh, and uh, not, delighted. not be too upset that it's so small. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Small things come in good packages. Yeah. Well, that's what I tell my wife all the time. <laughs> Wait, stop. Reverse that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, all right. So I mentioned we were, we're covering today um, Captain America 151, 152. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we did mention um, before I we got two, actually three. Oh, my goodness, Bob. I'm looking at the schedule coming up. I'm looking at episodes 150, 151, and 152. And... Oh my goodness, do we have three exciting episodes coming up? I will mention two of the three at the end of this episode for those who who aren't maybe didn't catch it uh, when I mentioned it before because I am so excited for them, Bob. Um, but we'll get to that in the episode. Um, Bob, should we take a look to see if we got any new um, new Apple reviews? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we do we do have a new one. This is from Winghead55. Oh, I like that. So do you think he's 55 years old? Or do you think he was born in 55? Huh. Or there were 54 other Wingheads um, that selected that that call sign, I guess. I don't know. Mm, well, you know what? I'm reading 
I'm reading the 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 description. I think he I think he was born in '55, based on okay. what I'm reading here. Are you right. ready? All right. All right. Five stars. Title is Wing-Headed Wonder! Exclamation point. I have collected comics for over 50 years, and have been on Facebook for about a decade. I have an obviously affinity for Cap, so I fell in love with the Captain America comic book fans Facebook page celebrating the print appearances of our favorite Star Spangled Avenger. I recently got into the podcast, and I have a lot of catching up to do. Rick and Bob never fail to amaze me with their insights and encyclopedic knowledge of Cap. Each episode is filled with lots of laughs, so they must have a great time doing it. Check it out. Well, thank you, Winghead55. We uh, we appreciate that. Nice. And wow, how about that? He's been yeah. reading Cap for 50 years, Bob. Yeah. Longer than me. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a long time. It is. It's a long time. Half a century. So let's 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 put that back. So he's been been reading Cap uh well, I guess I guess since he's been brought back. He was brought back in 1964. That was 49 years ago. If I just do math real quick in my head. No, that's 59 years ago. Yeah. Right? Right. That, okay. Well, yeah. So he's right. been reading so, Cap since the late 60s. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, I think we do have a lot of listeners in that range too. Yeah. Uh, I think most most of our listeners are between like thirty five and fifty five, uh, and then we have a we have some over that. I mean, we do definitely have some over that as well. So, um, yeah. So I tell you what, Winghead fifty five. Then you are going to really enjoy today's episode as we get into nineteen seventy two. It must have been right right around your sweet spot, um, and we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Yep. You know, I just, it's, I love this, Rick. You know, I love, I love getting, uh, you know, reviews, comments, call outs from, from guys like that. Uh, I don't, I know you noticed there was uh, we're on the Facebook group uh, earlier today. Guy found us, found the podcast, found Captain America comics for crying out loud. Yeah. It, wasn't that an awesome post? It really was. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was, um, very excited uh, to to see that um and and also well you know i'll just read his his post yeah i'm trying to find it i think his name was hoffman right it mark was Hoff mark mark hoffman i think yeah so he posted this today uh mark huffman he said hello i'm a new member recently during a personal crisis i grasped for distractions i watched the three captain america films again then decided to try the comics Bought a couple of ebooks, then decided to splurge for some omnibuses. This was an was a, this was early last month. I've read hundred of issues since then. These experiences have been the closest to pure pleasure I've had since who knows when. The only comic books I read before were some Archies in my youth. I expanded to the Invaders and I read that entire omnibus. It's fantastic. Then I found the podcast. Hours lost, though not wasted. Finally, I decided to explore this group. I'm a loner who loves solitude, but they say it's healthy to connect. Here I am. The crisis mentioned above, my 16-year-old cat, Joey, died. But I found a new companion in Steve Rogers. So I'm glad you found us, Mark. That's awesome. I love that post. Yeah. I'm glad I love he this found... guy. I don't even know him. I love him already. <laughs> I'm glad he found Cap. I'm I'm so glad he he found joy in reading Cap 
uh, and getting into comics, you know, while he was grieving. And because, uh, you know, I mean, Cap means a lot to to many of us and he's only a fictional character. I mean, we, we get that. But but, you know, you can get uh, and we've had, you know, philosophers and psychologists and authors on the on the show who who have discussed that. But, um, you know, and, and listen, he found a group of, of fellow Cap fans that, uh, you know, all appreciate, you know, Cap on on various levels. But, you know, he found a home. And I, I hope he enjoys being uh, in in the Facebook group. And I enjoys, hope, hope he enjoys listening to the, the podcast. Indeed, indeed. So shout out to you, Mark. Welcome to the group, buddy. Absolutely. All right, Bob, should we get to the, uh, the issues at hand? Oh, yes. Let's get to the issues. Okay. So today uh, we're covering Captain America 151 and 152. Now, if you want to check out the, the previous two issues, Captain America 149 and 150, we covered that in episode 81. And it was a two-part story. Uh, we had, it was the return of, of Patrick de Liper. And uh, we had a lot of fun with the Patrick accent. Did we not, mon ami? Oui. Yes. Uh, so that, anyway, uh, same creative team did those two issues and then it ended on a i wouldn't say a cliffhanger but it did introduce the next story and we'll talk about that in a moment so check out episode 81 if you want to get uh, a little um i guess preview of what's coming up in today's story and the creative team is jerry conway is the writer sal Busima is the penciler. Now, Sal, he's he's been on the book for, since issue 146. So um, as a regular artist, he did a couple issues uh, a few years earlier. But since 146, he's been the regular penciler. And this is his actual sixth and seventh uh, Captain America story that he's penciled. And then the inker is Vince Coletta, our letterer Art Simic, and the editor, none other than Stan the Man Lee. Shall I read the solicitation, Bob? Oh, yes, please. Two of Marvel's mightiest against a pair of sinister supervillains, the Scorpion and Mr. Hyde. Nuff said? Question mark. So interesting about these two villains, the, the Scorpion and Mr. Hyde. Um, I, I don't know. I was really shocked when I saw how little the two of them have actually been in Marvel up to this actual story. So the Scorpion, you know, everybody thinks of him as, you know, a Spider-Man villain, rightfully so. He, he got his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man 19, and then he was in issue 20, and then he was issue 29. Those took place in 1964, 1965. Then he, he shows up in Captain America 122, uh, which took place back, you know, two years prior in 1970. And then here he is in his sixth and seventh appearance. Like, the score, you know, when I was reading this, it was like, oh, the Scorpion's been around a while. Nope. Nope. He wasn't. Huh. Yeah. Then on top of that, Mr. Hyde. Now, Mr. Hyde got his introduction in 
1963-1964, so a year before Scorpion, in the uh, pages of Journey into Mystery. So he be, he was a Thor villain, hmm. which tells you his strength level. Like, he could take on Thor. And so he was in, like, six issues of Thor. Then he was in a Fantastic Four annual number three in 1965. Then he was in Daredevil for three issues in 67, came back to Daredevil in issue 61 in 1970, and now he's in his 13th and 14th appearance in this. And that's only, for both of these guys, that's only if you count the cameo they made at the end of issue 150. Okay. Okay. So neither of these villains have been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, but here they are. And it's just strange to me um, that at this point, Mr. Hyde has had, you know, he's battled Thor, Daredevil, and Captain America. Maybe, yeah. Now, would you would you say, I mean, this is early on, right? We're talking 1972. So, I mean, yeah, hasn't been that long. But the uh, villains have traveled around a bit more back then, maybe. Well, I think I think they found that certain villains. I mean, listen, we we just did our top ten list of Cap one and done villains, right? Oh yeah, that's great. And and we had a struggle to find a <laughs> find that. So there's yeah. a ton of villains out there that really just only made you know, very small appearances and then, and then maybe they get brought back. So when I think when Marvel and this maybe went for DC as well, of course, whenever they found a villain that really striked a chord with the, with the readers. Yeah. You know, they're like, Oh, we got to bring this guy back. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, moving them around, right. Different titles and different, different heroes. And uh, mm -hmm. do, you, do you think that was more common back then than it is now? What are their heroes tend to have a certain stable of baddies, you know, that you see in their, their books. Well, so let's just take Spider-Man for example. Yeah. Right. So Spider-Man in all of Marvel probably has the most recognizable rogues gallery. Sure. Yeah. Right. We could just go down the laundry list, uh, right. laundry list. There's, you know, green goblin, doc, Ock. uh, Electro, Sandman, uh, the Lizard, Venom, mm -hmm. uh, the Vulture, Craven the Hunter, you know, like, you know, all yeah. of these, right? Yeah. Um, and they're all associated with Amazing Spider-Man, but they've all had appearances other places. Sure, yeah. I mean, if you remember when we were covering, like, Tales of Suspense, I mean, it was Craven the Hunter and the Chameleon. Yeah. Right. And and the two of those were Spider-Man right. villains. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, they they may be associated with somebody, um, but they they find their ways into other stories. Sure. All right. All right. Now, you know, you bring up a good question. You know, like when we back in episode nine, when we did top 10 villains not named the Red Skull. Mm hmm. Those were all Cap. Those were all villains that were kind of associated with Cap. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. But. Has not Baron Zemo, Madame Hydra, uh, you know, all of, you know, these found their ways into other yeah. character stories, right? So, yeah, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. So before we get into this story, Bob, I just want to, um, I, I want to go to the last page or last page and a half of 150. Okay. And 
that's where we kind of lead off coming into this story. And at this point, uh, Cap and the Falcon rescue these these kids that were kidnapped by Batroc, and then they Batroc helps them um, uh, escape from the the main villain. And then Cap goes off and he goes to his apartment and he's really upset. And at this point, if you remember, uh, Nick Fury told Sharon Carter, you are not allowed to see Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, you are not allowed to see Sharon Carter. Yeah. And then he was also upset because Contessa mm, Val, yeah. right, Yeah. Uh, was his his girlfriend was making making eyes for for Steve Rogers, yeah. And then in issue one fifty, uh, Val reveals to Sharon that you know she was doing it just to get Nick jealous, sure. But yeah. she fell in love with Steve, yeah. and now she doesn't know what to do. So then, at the end of this issue one fifty, he's Steve's there, and there's a knock at the door, and he's wondering you know, um, you know who it is and it's Sharon. And she's like, I got to talk to you and I got to tell you something. He's like, what's wrong? And she's like, it's, it's Val. And then she explains that Val's in love with him to make, but not on purpose, but she is. And, you know, and he's like, wow, he, I've, we got a quite a, quite a crew here, don't we? And, you know, Steve, what can we do? I feel so sorry for her. And then they pull away from the window and the two of them are embracing and they're kissing. And she's like, Steve, hold me. Never let me go away. And then you pull out and you pull out and you see in the alleyway looking in the window of the two lovebirds and it's the scorpion and Mr. Hyde. Next issue, nightmare. There you have it. There you have it. It's quite the love triangle there. Steve. It really is. <clears throat> yeah. He's got himself in a quite a pickle. He, he, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and of course, Nick's not happy about this situation either. No, as we're about to find out. Yeah. So this had a release date of April 11th, 1972 cover date, July, 1972. Bob, do you want to uh, maybe describe the cover to our listeners? Uh, sure, Rick. There, there's a lot going on here. It's uh, it's clearly some sort of urban scene. You know, there's uh, some buildings in the back, a sidewalk, and uh, we got a lot of players on this cover. We've got Cap, we've got uh, Sam, we've got Sharon, and we've got Mr. Hyde and the Scorpion and Red Wing as well. And so in the foreground, we've got the Scorpion slapping the hell out of Sam with his uh, with his Scorpion tail. Uh, in the background, we've got Mr. Hyde, and uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he, I guess he's on the steps of this uh, brownstone, and he's got Sharon Carter cradled in his left arm, and it appears to be that she is uh, passed out or unconscious of some sort. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Cap, and he is rushing uh, towards Sam and the Scorpion, uh, not toward Sharon and Mr. Hyde, might I add, but toward Sam and the Scorpion. And Red Wing is in the foreground swooping in for his attack. So there's a there's a lot going on on uh, on this page. Absolutely. And you want to read the captions? Oh, yeah. So Mr. Hyde, you know, uh, again, he's he's got Sharon. He says, get him, Scorpion. They don't have a chance against you. That's uh 
It's a really good Mr. Hyde there. <laughs> yeah, you will. I think the listeners are going to be confused when they hear my Mr. Hyde they, versus they your well, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, yeah. That's my generic bad guy voice. So, okay. Yeah. Did you read the, the caption at the bottom? Oh, Mr. Hyde strikes again. The scorpion hangs loose. Panic on Park Avenue. Hangs loose. He hangs loose. What the yeah. hell does that mean? What does that mean? The what does scorp- that even mean? Yeah. I need my 1972 Urban Dictionary. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, he's just hanging loose. I mean, like, as an, you know, to me, that's like a surfer thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got yeah. his tail. Maybe his, ta- his, like, scorpion tail's hanging loose. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you mention, because uh, I wasn't paying attention, did you mention it says Captain America and the Falcon, and you've got the Captain America and the Falcon icons up there around the logo? I did not mention that, Rick. Okay. Yeah. yeah I got yeah. you. And 20 cents. 20 cents gets you this comic back in 1972. Two dimes, man. Two dimes. Are you just showing off math now? Like, I, I like what are you, yeah. you going to say? Like, yeah, I'm uh, on fire tonight. Four nickels. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fired up. Hey, well, if I gave give a me a second. I'll tell you what it is in Canadian. <laughs> God. All right. So we turn to the opening splash page. And do you want to give the title? Panic on Park Avenue. Now describe panic, Bob. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously in a different font than on Park Avenue, but it's wavy. It's a wavy font, Rick. Um, it gives me anxiety just to look at it. Yeah, it's yeah, a different I mean, I, font from the from the other yeah. three words. I, I mean, yeah. it doesn't rise to a panic for me, but it does make me anxious. <clears throat> All right, so we get to uh, a Steve Rogers in his civilian identity walking down a, a street at night, and he's just got his hands in his pocket and his head down. And uh, he's just thinking to himself. And then behind is an image of Captain America, just in case anybody's picking up this comic for the first time and they don't know who he is. So they want to make sure here's an image of Captain America. So you know who this guy is. But in the alleyway, we see a scorpion. Now, how would you describe the scorpion for our listeners, Bob? Oh, I was going to say erect. Um, his, his tail is, is pointing straight up, uh, behind him, but he's, he's all in green, Rick, yeah, you know, yeah. from, from, from his head to his toes. It's, uh, it's a, it's an odd looking sort of, I don't know if is it armored or, so, or some sort it, it comes across as a sort of an armored unitard. That's and, not politically uh, correct, Bob. No. <laughs> and then of course he's got his long segmented scorpion tail uh, uh-huh. that extends behind him. And in this case, he's 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 kind of creeping up behind a wall in the shadows and that tail is fully extended uh, vertically, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, in, a, in, I guess, in a striking position. Yeah. As you mentioned before, it is erect. Yes. And then how would you describe uh, the other character? Mr. Hyde? Well, he's, he's a, kind of a burly, burly guy in a green suit with uh, really a full head of hair. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And big Very hands. Nice. He's got big and he, hands. And he's hiding behind a lamppost. Yeah. Not, not, not very well. well. Not well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> All right. So here's Steve's thought bubbles. So your name's Captain America. So what does it get you, mister, after all these years? It gets you a friend named Nick Fury who tells you what a crumb you are for not joining the group called S.H.I.E.L.D. It gets you a lot of bruises. 
maybe a couple of broken bones. It gets you nothing, Mr. Rogers, nothing but days of pain. And he turns and it is, he just walks past these two costume villains who are in plain sight. Looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. But for Steve Rogers, those days of pain seem destined to end most abruptly. As within the deepening shadows of an alley fronting dim-lit East 14th Street, one figure shifts its massive tail, while another on the curb turns his grim features away. Yet both motions pass unnoticed by the thoughtful Mr. Rogers. His mind is elsewhere, centered on the soft eyes, the gentle smile of the girl called Sharon Carter. The girl he loves, but is forbidden to see. And so he doesn't hear the hissed command a few feet behind him. He doesn't see the sudden twisting motion. No, he doesn't realize his danger until... And then the two of them jump him. And you see, and the scorpion says, Too late, Buster. We've got you where we want you now. And you're going to tell us what we want to know. And then Mr. Hyde... Shut up, Scorpion. We don't have time for your mutterings. And if Pretty Boy here got any brains, he won't try and cries of his own. Right, Pretty Boy? But Steve just takes his arm and uses, like, judo or some sort of version to use his weight and toss him around over top of him. Wrong, fella. Silent surrender just isn't my style. And then the... uh Scorpion attacks him with his tail. And what is your style, buddy? Just because you got the top hand on Mr. Hyde doesn't mean you can escape the scorpion's tail. Maybe not escape it, bright eyes, but does that ducking count? And for that matter, how about a little unexpected uppercut? Hope I'm not breaking the rules by fighting back, I mean. Wouldn't want to make things too easy on you clowns, would we? And he does. He punches him and knocks him back. But then he goes into the alley and he starts to run. I've only stunned them, and I don't dare let loose. Whoever they are, they don't know I'm Captain America. And for the time being, maybe that's one secret I ought to keep. Whoever they are? Well, rather than examine that statement, let's look in for a brief moment on the two characters in question, for their next comments will prove most revealing. Blast! Didn't think it could hit so hard. You didn't think at all, Scorpion. And since your plan to get back at S.H.I.E.L.D. failed, perhaps it's time for Mr. Hyde to call the shots. That girl we saw Rogers with, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Sharon Carter. Next we go after her, my friend. Yes, after her. Mystery's enough for you? And we cut to the next page, and, there, and there's the Falcon swinging down on his grappling line. Hey, where's, where, why isn't he flying? Where's his wings? Three wings, Rick? Yeah. Yeah, he still has got his little grappling. It is, it is pre-wings. And, uh, but he does have uh, Red Wing flying next to him. And so he's, uh, he's in Harlem and he is uh, at nighttime flying down or swinging down and to a crowd. 
If you've got your attention, then how about letting us shift it a moment to a street of battered brownstone tenements a hundred blocks north on the Isle of Manhattan? Hey, man, it's the falcon cat. Look at the way that bird swings. Cool it, Juan. That's not where your head should be. They grow silent, and their eyes turn away, and, and something twists in the falcon's chest, forcing a smile. He moves closer. So what's happening, Juan? Your mother feeling better after all the kidnapping bunk? Yeah, I guess a little. Yeah, a little, I guess. Hey, Cap, your falcon, can I hold it? Cut it, Juan. You're forgetting what this cat is, brother. I I'm sorry, brother Michael. Maybe you care to fill me in, brother. Just what is this dude? Glad you asked, boy. Because it's about time somebody told you. And he gets in his face and points. You're a sellout, mister. You're one of Whitey's job mouth Uncle Tom's. And we see that really makes Sam mad and he grips his fist. Friend, you better be thankful that isn't true. Because if it was, you'd be plastered all over the curb. And he turns and walks away from him. And then we see Layla. She's uh, up in an open doorway, leaning up against it with the arms crossed. Mm-hmm. You talk a nice line, Falcon. Too bad the action's not up to the word. Anything you want, miss? Let's not be so formal, Mr. Falcon. You can call me Layla. Plenty do. Just don't do it too often, Mr. Falcon, or I might get the wrong idea. And I'd hate to say yellowbacks just ain't my type. Nice of you to mention it. For a minute there, for just one minute, I thought the problem was maybe me. Thanks for setting me straight. And he uses his grappling hook and he swings away. Now, it almost looked like, I was, like they didn't know each other. It almost looked that way. Yeah, like this would have been the first time that uh, Sam met Layla. Yeah, I mean, she, 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 this isn't her first appearance, though. I mean, she has, right. she has appeared previously. So that's a little interesting. There's a bitterness in his tone. Perhaps he's right to be bitter. This Falcon, this man named Sam Wilson, he's tried to do what he considers right. And yet there are too many opinions, too many extremes. And he knows painfully that to one of them, at least, he's always, he'll always be wrong. To one side, he'll have always sold out. But to himself, what about himself? And and as he's doing that, he's going in through the roof. He's going in, you know, down the the staircase to to get to his apartment. He opens the door, and there's somebody there. Falcon, if you got a moment, friend, I need a friend. You've got him, man. What's the buzz? If you mean what's wrong, well, old buddy, either your pal Rogers is going out of his mind. Or I've just been attacked by a pair of dead men. Eyebrows raised, Sam Wilson leads the stunned, strangely silent Captain America to the Spartan apartments in the tenement below. And there, amid the sounds of the slum surrounding them, they begin to talk. He's pouring him some coffee. Now give it to me again, Steve. Something about ghosts? Not quite, Sam. They're real enough, all right. But the thing is, both the Scorpion and Mr. Hyde have been reported dead. It happened months ago during a battle with a guy called Daredevil on the World Trade Center. Apparently, the Scorpion took a flying leap. The Black Widow tried to save him, 
and it all ended on the street, 200 floors below. Shortly after, while the widow stood trial for the scorpion's death, Mr. Hyde appeared at the city morgue. He and D.D. battled, and then, for reasons old Hordehand couldn't understand, Hyde blew up both himself and the morgue, taking the scorpion's remains with him. When did that happen, Bob? That was back in Daredevil number 82 and 83, Rick. I th- find it interesting that he says a battle with a guy called Daredevil. Not with Daredevil, with a guy called Daredevil. <laughs> right? Yeah, I sure. mean, so it's kind of like still new, like they don't know each other that well. Right. Yeah. You know, some guy Daredevil. However, he knew him well enough to call him DD and Hornhead. Yeah. Old Hornhead. Yeah. Yeah. He pauses, sips at the black coffee steaming in the cheap plastic cup. Well, that's not very nice. Maybe that's what Sam can afford. And he sends it gently down. Well, that's the story, Sam. You make something out of it. Because, brother, I'll be blasted if I can. And then we cut to the sub, uh, like a subterrain, uh, what is this, the sewer Sewer. system? Sewer system, yeah. Perhaps so, Steve Rogers, but if you could see beneath a certain east side street, not a few of your questions would be answered. And it's it's Mr. Hyde and Scorpion, and they're arguing. Don't be a fool, Hyde. Haven't I told you enough? That's S.H.I.E.L.D. we should be after. S.H.I.E.L.D.? Who else could have done what we've done to us? Remember what I told you? Five months ago, I sat in jail, baby, and believe me, I was burning. That's when it started. They've been keeping me drugged so I couldn't use my tail. Oh, yeah, because, you know, I guess it wouldn't have made sense to take his costume off. (laughs) Couldn't find the zipper. Didn't it always kind of like confuse you when you were younger, like when you're reading stuff and you see villains in jail and they all have their costumes on? Right. Yeah. They they mean... They won't even keep let you keep like you know a, a pen, but these guys can like keep their like their armored costume with weapon systems embedded in them. Yeah. yeah, I I remember there was there was some point where somebody had a costume like like adhered to them, like they couldn't take it off. Like uh-huh. the, I remember a story being explained, like yeah, it's it's attached to his body, like you know, taking it off would kill him, you know? Yeah. But, but what about the other 99% of the right. ones who are in yeah. there? Well, I get that. I mean, like, Zemo, take off your mask. We've got to get a mugshot. <laughs> Serious, take it off. You know, I got it. You know, there's a, there's yeah. a handful out there in that special yeah. case. Right? At first, I thought it was a dream. There was a sound, a dull whirring so far away, like. And then the thing appeared, some sort of globe, and it, it was glowing, pulsing off and on. Only it wasn't a gag. I felt the thing start to heat up. Waves of crazy golden light washing over me. It it began to hurt. And I tried to scream. But Hyde, I opened my mouth and nothing came out. Nothing. I'm not sure what happened after that. I guess I, I blacked out. All I really know is that that ball did something to me. And it made me gone. And Mr. It kept me there for a pretty blam long time. It must have been months before I woke up. 
feeling a cool, moist breeze licking my forehead, opening my eyes, and seeing a bluish gas leaking through a tiny crack. Bob, I don't know what comic you're reading, but that doesn't look like a bluish gas to me. No, no, you're right. It doesn't. It uh, that uh, that word didn't get passed down to the colorist. I guess I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It took me a minute to figure out I was in some sort of glass case, but once I got the idea, I got out. And sure enough, he uses his tail, and it just makes a loud noise and cracks all the glass, Bob. It sure does, Rick. It goes smash. Nobody holds the scorpion prisoner. You hear me? Nobody. And that's when I first saw you. We were in a cavern, all dank walls and stone flooring with equipment, like something out of a Karloff flick. You, do, you, do you know any any Karloff flicks, Bob? Uh, gosh, I, you know, that's funny you mentioned that. I, I mean, I couldn't name any off the top of my head, but Boris Karloff. I mean, my goodness, right? Horror films? Werewolf? I don't think he's referring to France. Cor Karloff, yeah, I mean, Franz Karloff, yeah, <laughs> yes. And over against the other wall, there was another case. Still not thinking too clearly, I ankled over, listening for some sound that maybe it, I'd been heard, but it was quiet, real quiet, like a tomb. And seeing you was just what I didn't need. I put it all together then. I knew what was happening, though. I still wasn't quite sure why. I guess I thought you might know, Hyde. And that's why I set you free. And he uses his tail and breaks the glass case that Hyde's in. You awoke more slowly. Maybe you'd been under the gas longer than I had. I didn't know. I, I didn't say anything. Just waited for you to. And mister, when you did, you said it all. You, what'd you do to me? What did you do? Hey, wait a second, Buster. But you wouldn't let me get it out. You snarled and grabbed my throat in a vice-like grip. Hyde waits for no one, little man. You better explain. Now! I gulped it out between wheezing breaths. And when I was done... So you figure it's a prison, huh? Okay, pal. I'll buy that. For now. If the meantime... Let's find a way out of this place. There were steps. We followed them up and out into a deserted mansion. The place was dark, empty. In one room, we found some sort of monitor screen. But you didn't want to stick around to find out who was behind the whole stinking deal. Instead, we hurried outside. It was night, a cold winter night. It had been summer the last I knew. I got panicky for a minute. Stop whining, fool. There's someone coming. A car. Out, my friend, and he rips the driver out. Or would you rather argue with Mr. Hyde? He whimpered something about it being a new car, new insurance. But what could that matter to us? We lit from there like a pair of bats out of hell. And it was then I got to thinking and realized who was behind it all. Shield? You're out of your mind, Scorpion. What could they gain by all that trouble? Think, Hyde. Think. Maybe we're, we're only the first. Yeah, uh, the guinea pigs for a, a new type of jail. For a moment, Hyde's brow crinkles in thought, and then... Maybe you're right, Scorpion. 
Nobody else has got that kind of equipment. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's got to be them. And only one way to get to them. Now you're thinking, Hyde. Now you're thinking. Thinking, yes, but laboring under several grim delusions, as faithful followers of Daredevil are all too aware. For there was one other who possessed equipment on a par, and vastly superior to that of S.H.I.E.L.D., the android creature from 30 centuries in the future, the man, quote-unquote, named Mr. Klein. Bob, how would you describe Mr. Klein, and, and where was he last seen? Well, uh, I believe uh, his tale was chronicled in Daredevil number 77 through 84, as well as in Iron Man 41 through 45. But he is uh, he's an odd looking dude with an orange suit and a blue. What do they call that? A cravat? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, that little uh, sort of, you know, they don't wear a necktie. It's a sort of like a, 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 a Ashkosh. Uh, an ascot, ascosh bagosh. No, yes. yeah, an ascot, right? I guess it's an ascot, right? I don't know. Or cravat. I don't know. But it's it's he's got one of those on. So a dark blue. That means he's fancy. He is fancy. He's a fancy man from the future. And then mm-hmm. his his man, mask, quote unquote. Yes, his mask is. Uh, it looks like an egghead. It's an egghead. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So with uh with no nose, a couple eye slits, and uh, and a mouth slit. Well, at least he has three slits. Yeah. <laughs> and he's standing there holding in one hand Daredevil, Black Widow, Scorpion, Mr. Hyde, perhaps the owl, the Daredevil villain. And in the other hand, he was holding Iron Man and two female characters. I'm not 100% sure who they are. I don't know, but I, I like them. <laughs> Why is that, Bob? Well, one of them is uh, appears to be uh, some sort of a dominatrix uh, mm. costume, black leather mm-hmm. piece unzipped down to her navel, and the other one is uh, has a sort of Emma Frost look to her. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. white white leotard with a cape and long blonde mm-hmm. hair. So, which one? Which one do you like more, Bob? It's sort of like the devil and the angel on your shoulder, sort of. Yeah, it's yeah, true. They they sort of go together. Mm-hmm. You want to give them some inches too? <laughs> and a nice meal. <laughs> yeah. And now that those months old loose ends have been at long last tied, we see Cap and Falcon and Red Wing uh, on the rooftops running. Let's turn our passing attention elsewhere to two running figures racing south along the suit laden Manhattan rooftops. But are you sure, Cap? How sure do I have to be, Sam? Sharon said she'd been followed earlier this evening. And those duplicates, or whatever, said something about going after her. I may have made a mistake. I was too far away to be sure. But it'd be better to be overprotective and wrong than I to have Sharon get hurt. Quietly, the Falcon agrees, and they swing out of the twilight darkness towards the gold-lit front entrance of a certain Park Avenue townhouse a townhouse dorm kept by S.H.I.E.L.D. for its unattached female agents. Well, that's very um, yeah, non-progressive of them. Right, yeah. Hope they can get past the madam at the front desk. <laughs> that's right. Wait here, Sam. I'll get Sharon and be back in a moment. 
do it, Cap. But as Cap enters the gleaming lobby, that electric eye, it's glowing, shutting the doors, locking them. Blast it, I've forgotten. Nick Fury's ordered me to keep away from all S.H.I.E.L.D. offices, including the private dorms. I've been locked out, the stupid fool. Even as it begins, Cap's snarl of frustration breaks off, and he whirls at a cry from the street outside. Hey, hero, help! The Scorpion and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, well, I kind of already guessed that, Cap. So how about you give him your old buddy a hand? Hey, bright eyes. And it's um, coming out of a manhole is Mr. Hyde. Now, Scorpion must have already come out of that because he's on the street about to strike at the Falcon. You won't be needing it, Buster. Not after I get through with you. You talk a good fight, pal. And uh, looks like a fight, a fight, a good one, too. That that tail pinning me against the lamppost. That's pretty smart of you, boy. The way you figured that out all by yourself. They teach you that in spy school, bud. Maybe they taught you about this the same time, huh? And then as he's got him wrapped around a lamppost, he uses his strength of the tail to rip the lamppost out of the uh, the ground the cement, which must have hurt Sam, right? I mean, because Sam's attached to the lamp pole. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, I mean, he had used there. Yeah. And he throws it in front of an oncoming truck. It's called getting killed. The stick in your nose where it don't belong. Yet ours are not the only eyes to watch this scene. Two stories above, a curtain draws back. And a blonde-tressed girl stares in stark horror as she sees the falcon twist, falling. And he shoots out his uh, grappling hook, sees his hand arc out, sees a sudden glint of metal on stone, and he pulls free of the deadly weight she feels her breath released. At the window, she turns, but this time only our eyes were privy to her movements. For on the street below, the others are unaware that they've been seen. Some of them have their mind on other things, on the screech of a suddenly swerving truck, for one on the diving effort to escape the truck for another. And it is, it's Mr. Hyde uh, diving out of the way of the truck, coming towards Cap. Cap just uses his shield and knocks him in the face. And on the capture of a certain violent Mr. Hyde for a third. And then with a right cross, he punches him. Makes a sound, Bob. If Amity asks you, mister, that was a settle a private score. You frightened me, Winghead. Maybe later I'll get scared, all sweaty and trembling. And maybe then I'll try to figure out what you meant by that crack. Right now, I guess we'll, we've been pretty well introduced. And he takes the a lamppost and uses it like a bat. Not that I think it's necessary. I've heard about you, Captain America, how you work with S.H.I.E.L.D. And mister, that's all I need to know. And he misses Cap. And then he, Falcon is swinging above the Scorpion. So obviously the Bobsy twins hate you for some reason. Sounds pretty good to me. But then I'm not exactly a Nick Fury fan. So I'll have to temper my judgment just a little and not end up fighting on their side. And he nails the back of the Scorpion. What's happening, Chester? 
and and the, the scorpion's down. And he's got his face down on the ground, laying there. No more. Don't hit me anymore. I've had it. It's Hyde's fight, not mine. Ugh. Something's snapping in my chest. I know I'm going to regret this. Roll over, Scorpion. I'll... You'll do nothing, buddy boy. And that's because you're a fool. And he hits the falcon with his tail. Someday you guys are going to learn, you know? Now tell me about S.H.I.E.L.D., mister. Now tell me fast. But the answer never comes. As driving out of the lamplight above... Who is it, Bob? It's Red Wing! <laughs> what that? That bird coming right at me. Ah! Get it away! Get it away! <laughs> that was that was that Arnold Schwarzenegger coming out of me? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know. <laughs> Get it away! <laughs> Get that bird away! <laughs> Scorpion, that stupid fool! What has he done now? But he was distracted, so Cap came up and eh, cold cocked him and hit him and it made a loud noise, Bob. <laughs> that no longer concerns you, Hyde. In case you haven't noticed, you got problems of your own. <laughs> Very good, Buster. You caught me off guard, but I won't let that happen again. Not you or anyone from S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that it? You're after them? Don't give me that, Avenger. I don't have time to play games. That creep needs help. But not from you, Hyde. And he throws his shield, and it makes a loud ricochet noise. Ba-ting! That blasted thing of yours is everywhere. But that doesn't scare me, pal, because this whole business is just about over. Understand? And then Sharon's coming out the front door. I just got sight of what we came here for. The little lady we followed from S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. The one we saw talking with Nick Fury. Her. Sharon Carter. And before Captain America can move, before he can complete his forward dive to retrieve his spinning shield, it's over. And done. Massive hands clamp shut, jerk back, and Cap freezes, not daring to move. That's right, handsome. Take it easy. Unless you want your fellow S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to die. Cap. Don't listen to him. Find Nick. Tell him what's... So you know each other. Hmm? That makes it a lot simpler, sister. For a moment, Sharon Carter struggles. Then her body goes limp, motionless. Sharon, no! Hide, if you've harmed her, don't be a fool like that mindless clown, the scorpion. What good would killing her do me, my friend? There are things that scorpion and I need to know. And speaking of Google eyes, and then uh, he he his tail whips at Red Wing and scares it away. All I needed was a taste of my tail. Looks like he's holding his own after all. Which is all you need, friend, since we were interrupted. But now we can get back to it, right? Or are you afraid, mister? And the Falcon. That's how it begins, with a word, a single cutting insult. And in the span of an instant, memories return bitter, burning. 
He straightens, leaving his crouch, firming the line of his jaw as he steps forward. Yes, that's how it begins. The first step towards a new self-understanding. Mister, you blew it. You just blew it bad. And then we cut to, and he looks angry, right, Bob? He sure does. He, uh, You triggered him. And then we cut back to the scorpion. I mean, we're just seeing the scorpion. He smiles, a mocking, self-assured grin. A laugh starts deep in his throat, bubbling to the surface. And dying, as the falcon continues his advance, frowning, the scorpion wonders what sort of man approaches a more powerful man in battle. What sort of man has eyes as cold, features as grim as those on the man before him? Suddenly, instinctively, fearfully, the scorpion knows this sort of man, this man, the falcon. Get back. Get, get back, blast you. And he swings his tail at him. That's right, Greeny. Panic. Panic and swing wild. This one's something special for me, Scorp. Something I owe to certain so-called friends. This one I'm going to enjoy. And he winds up and he's just about to punch. But what happens, Bob? Oh my gosh, a shield is thrown, intercepting his punch before he can connect with the scorpion. And it goes, wang. What in the cap? What are you trying to do? I almost had him. Another moment in. And we cut to Cap and he looks defeated. And Sharon will be dead, Falcon. I'm sorry, my friend, but you see, we're beat. And we cut to... Mr. Hyde holding Sharon, an unconscious Sharon, in his arms. I'm really glad you see that, handsome. But don't worry. We'll be in touch. You'll get your chance. Yet. But right now. Scorpion, what are you staring at, Dolt? One thing I gotta do, Hyde. And he swings his tail at Falcon, but he, he ducks. Next time, Falcon, you're gonna really feel the scorpion sting. That much, I promise you. Cap, you don't know how much that cost me. Don't I, Falcon? But it's not over. No, only beginning. For less than one minute after Sharon's kidnapping, a sleek black sedan that the colorist decided to do green <laughs> slides to a screeching halt outside the Shield townhouse. And a familiar figure leaps out. Nick Fury, Shield's ubiquitous director. You know what? Screw you, Bob. <laughs> Listeners, I just got like a, 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 a knowing nod, kind of raised eyebrow. I'm impressed you could say the word ubiquitous. <laughs> Rogers, you really did it this time. Or maybe you didn't understand. I meant what I said about you showing up again. Mister, are you hearing me? He's listening, man, but I wouldn't ride him. Not now. You keep out of this, Falcon. I asked the man a question, and I'm waiting for my blasted answer. Do me a favor, Fury. Get out of my life. And he punches Nick. What? Yeah. And he crosses right cross. So it's it's almost like 
Captain America punching Adolf Hitler. It is, yeah. And then the last panel is Nick Fury holding his chin as Cap walks away with his head down in a Charlie Brown pose. In case you hadn't guessed, Fury, you just made the biggest mistake of your career. To be continued. All right, Bob, let's get to 152. All right. Uh, so 152, we have the the same writer, Jerry Conway, same penciler, Sal Vecima. Uh, However, for Anchor, we'd switch over to Frank Giacoya, letterer John Costanza, and we still have the editor, Stan Lee. Uh, this had a release date of May 16th, 1972, cover date of August of 1972. Bob, would you like me to read the solicitation? Yes, please. The Falcon fights alone, but alas, Mr. Hyde and the Scorpion don't. All right, Bob, how would you describe the cover to the listeners? All right. Well, it's, a, it's kind of an amusing little cover, actually. Uh, in, you know, in the foreground, we've got Hyde tackling cap and they're they're tumbling out of a window that is quite mm-hmm. high they're in a they're in a very tall building and and uh, it looks like they're heading out that window but in the background you've got you know falcon standing there with his fist clench and sharon is talking to him uh and it appears in a very animated way uh-huh. uh and and she's saying falcon you can't just stand there like that capture partner you can't let him be killed by hide and then underneath, what does the caption say? Cry vengeance with the scorpion and Mr. Hyde. And then it says important. See the special note about this cover on the letters page. Bob, did you read the letters page? I did not. I didn't either. <laughs> I guess we're not getting to the special note today. Cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, and again, 20 cents, 20 cents, Bob, get you this, get you this issue. Which has been approved by the Comics Code Authority. What's the title to this one, Bob? Terror in the Night. Rain pounds the hard black tar on the East River Drive, and in stormy darkness, a leaf figure dives. For an instant, he's framed in the splash of silver headlights. Then, muscles relaxing to catch his falling weight, he lands, and the sound of his landing is covered by another sound, the wild shriek of an attacking bird, a red and brown demon men have come to call Red Wing, the Falcon Hawk. What What the hell does a Falcon Hawk? Like a chicken hawk, but, but with a falcon. I guess. I don't know. Huh. Okay. I do declare. <laughs> oh, the chicken hawk. <laughs> yeah, there you those go. were the best, weren't they? Those were, they were they were good. Yeah, I love. You know, Foghorn Leghorn may yeah. be my like second favorite Looney Tunes character. Yeah, he's a, he's a classy dude. Yo, I yeah. I say I say <laughs> some of my favorite mm. lies. I mean, he was like, remember that mother hen that was always after him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's, that girl's a straight. When he say? He's like, that, that girl's as straight as a bowling ball. 
<laughs> that girl's as straight as a I eighty, and then he'd use the hands, no yeah. curve. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just torture that dog. Oh yeah, good stuff. The dog, the dog who is there to protect the hen house. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, from foxes. He's got a job to do, man. He does, and he yeah. just torments the dog. Yeah, but he was hilarious. I say, I say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Mm. All right, so yeah, uh, big splash page of a um, a moving van style truck that is in a dark of night in rain with its headlights on coming uh, underneath an overpass, which is where the Falcon is diving off on, onto the truck. And then Red Wing is going up to uh, the open window. Hey, trying to get us killed, you fool? Look where we're... Yow, what in a... Some sort of nutty bird. Can't see the road. It's coming right at us. Now you've gone and done it, Rocky. The man's going to have your hide for this because he he uh, gets a little fender bender. Cursing, the men pull themselves free of the twisted cap. And as they do, the older man chances a casual glance skyward and sees the Falcon. I knew or recognized that crazy pigeon. Well, Buster, you're bitten off more than you could chew this time. And he pulls out a gun. Come on down, meet Smasher Creel. Mister, if you weren't so funny, you'd be tragic. I've heard that routine a hundred times. It never changes. Every petty thug with a gun in his hand thinks he's the greatest thing on two legs. And he gives him an uppercut. And friend, every one of them's been wrong. Dead wrong. He draws a breath, this man called the Falcon, and suddenly he's aware of the weariness in his bones, the throbbing ache in his spine. Then he hears a familiar screech, and he whirls to see Red Wing. Eyes wild, his voice nothing but a rage-blurred snarl. The driver fires again and again, and the hawk screams, wings pounding. And scream that's lost in the roar of the storm, lost with the driver's own. And Falcon comes up and punches the driver. Mister, nobody shoots at Red Wing. Nobody. He stands silently for a moment, staring at the driver's slumped form. Then he goes to the rear of the truck. There he finds what he's been searching for, a cargo of purloined chemicals. Bob, do you want to explain to the readers what purloined means? Uh, yeah, they have been uh, five-finger discounted, Rick. They have been lifted surreptitiously mm. from the rightful owner, Allied and Chemical Corps. There you go. That's what we needed to know. Mm-hmm. It's not Axis chemicals, though. No, 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 no. Different, different. So then he sees the first guy who's who's crawling towards his gun, and he comes over, and he stomps on his wrist. Sorry, pal. You have to get your courage another way. Ah, my wrist. You broke my wrist. Not quite, Creel. But I will break your mouth, unless he tells me things I want to know. Thing one, who paid for these chemicals, Creel? Tell me, now. Those of you who read our last issue may be wondering, what's going on here? For the answer, let's turn to yet another rain-soaked figure, the man called Captain America, who's jumping over a fence in an alleyway. I might as well accept it. 
I don't have a chance of finding the Scorpion or Mr. Hyde, not on a night like this. If only I'd been able to warn Sharon. If Nick Fury hadn't been such a fool. Fury. Yes, it's his fault. All of it is his fault. Those two didn't want me. They wanted S.H.I.E.L.D. When they attacked me on that deserted side street, they thought I was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, one of Nick Fury's operatives. And when I beat them off, they went after the only other agent they knew about, Sharon Carter. If I hadn't been locked out of the S.H.I.E.L.D. townhouse dorm, I could have stopped her. Instead, all the Falcon and I could do was fight and watch helplessly as Hyde caught her, carried her away. Yes, it was all Fury's fault. And that's why I hit him when he arrived moments later, make him pay for what he'd done. And then we have an angry face on, on Cap. But that angriness goes away. But who am I kidding? I was angry at Fury, sure, but I was more angry at myself. I was the one who failed, Sharon. Me, Captain America. The storm's getting pretty bad. Well, Mr. Rogers, you better get moving. Because unless I miss my guess. And then we cut to Mr. Hyde, who's looking at a window at the same storm. It's going to be a long night, Scorpion. Where are those fools with the chemicals I sent for? Yeah, I was meaning to ask you about that, Hyde. Why do you want with all that junk anyway? Friend, that's none of your business. You and your pitiful plot to gain revenge on S.H.I.E.L.D. are no longer my concern, and neither is the young lady. Say what you will, Hyde. She's our meal ticket. A pretty bit of bait for those two S.H.I.E.L.D. creeps. They'll pay for locking us up, Hyde. You'll see. And we see Sharon tied to a chair, Bob. How would you describe that? Yeah, she's tied to a chair, Rick, uh, around her around her uh, calves in the lower part of the chair. And then, of course, her torso with her arms tied behind her, uh, you know, behind the chair. And she's, uh, yeah. It's a typical tie. Yeah, it's a typical tie. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps until that time, don't bother me. Call me when the truck arrives and not before. He's nuts. But maybe he's got the right idea. Wish I could relax. But the thought of getting that bum friend of yours. Don't be a fool. What hope do either of you have against Cap and the Falcon? Little woman, we've got this. And he takes his tail and he destroys something in the room, which I'm not sure what it is, Bob. I think it's just a piece of furniture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The echoes of the scorpion slashing blow reverberate through the damp loft room, and as she listens to their fading tones, Sharon Carter lets her mind slip to other things. And for a moment, she wonders about the man called Nick Fury, the director of the agency known as S.H.I.E.L.D. She wonders if he knows of her plight, and she wonders what he plans to do. Though she's unable to eavesdrop on Fury's rolling thoughts, perhaps we may gain a modicum of insight. By doing just that. And he's walking through S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in his civilian suit. Shouldn't have blown up a cap, blasted. After all, maybe I've been making a mistake. It's happened before and it'll probably happen again. But not this time. A man was making time with my lady. And that's something I just won't take. Yet, if that's true, then what was he doing trying to see Sharon Carter? 
probably trying to play in both ballparks. Well, I've had it to hear with that glory board. Uh, Bob, I couldn't yeah. help but you laugh when, yeah. uh, when he said trying to play in both ballparks. That's a turn of phrase that, you know, I haven't heard ever. Mm. But uh, so, yeah. What, when he says ballpark, what do you think he means? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess he. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then just then Contessa comes up to him Nick could I talk with you a minute you've got to, to give me a chance to explain huh explain what pal why you fell for a guy like Cap frankly lady I'm just not interested Nick it's it's not that way at all when you started play, paying more attention to Laura Brown I wanted to make you jealous it 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 was silly, I know. I, I, I don't know why I did it. But that's the only reason I went after Cap. The only reason, Nick. And she grabs his arm. Yeah? Sad so, Contessa. Well, you know what you could do with all that, kid? You can wrap it, and you can send it back where you got it. And you can leave me alone. And he turns, and he leaves the room. He closes the door with the mist of his cigar smoke coming and tears start to flow down Contessa's face and she turns her head and she sobs. That's no way to treat a Contessa. Yeah? I don't know. If you thought she was two-timing you, what would you do, Bob? Well, I maybe he shouldn't have been spending so much time with Linda. I mean, Laura, whatever her name is. Yeah. Laura Brown, yeah. 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 That's a real name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let me cut to the Falcon. Some 98 blocks uptown on a small side street just off Amsterdam Avenue. The door of a grease stained diner swings slowly open, creaking with the moan of rain warped hinges. Into the sudden silence steps a tall man with eyes like burning coals. He looks down the row of intent, sullen faces. And when he speaks, his voice is cold. I'm looking for a doom named Morgan. You found him, little man. Say your piece and split. Uh-uh, fatso. What I got to say is private. Dig? Reno, let's flatten this creep hard. And so his bodyguards come up and come at him. Watch it, mister. You keep charging around like that, you're likely to hurt yourself. See what I mean? And he tosses him. And then the other guy comes at him with a chair to, to bust over him, but Falcon puts his arms up and breaks the chair. Billy never was very quick, kid, but you're up against one of the big boys now, friend. And punk, you don't stand a... Falcon just nails him. And he falls against the wall, leaving, he breaking the plaster, Bob. And then sliding down. And there is absolutely no noise made in that panel there's no caption there's no reading there's no sound effect it's just a silent panel which is very i don't know it's it's significant you can, yeah you can like you get the action man i mean you you get it can you dig it yeah i dig it Cat-like, he straightens. He let out a breath like a sigh and then turns, his chest rising and falling, controlled, unstrained. Now it's your turn, Mr. Morgan. 
and he grabs him by the tie. Look, I, I don't know who you are, Buster, but I'm a big man, a big man in this town, and w- we can find out. And when we do, stay back, back, blast it. Fat man, you're scaring me silly. Now I'm going to ask you twice. A guy named Creel says you ordered a batch of chemicals. Chemicals for a man named Hyde. Where is he, Morgan? Or maybe you'd like having your face rearranged. Blubbering almost incomprehensibly, Morgan begins to talk. And as he does, other people in the... In the diner, notice. You know, that falcon ain't all like they say he is. You got a little, Bob. That's one heavy time. Meanwhile, several blocks south and to the east, in the swirling darkness of a rat-infested sewer. Nothing. Retracing Hyde's footsteps is useless. Neither he nor the scorpion would be stupid enough to come back here. Too tired to think straight. And besides, it's time Steve Rogers reported in. There's nothing more I can do, but pray hide contacts and soon. What's he say? What's he mean by reporting, Bob? Well, he's got to go to his day job, Rick. Which is? He is a police officer. He is a deed. Yes, he is. And so 15 minutes later in a precinct house on the Lower East Side. uh Uh-oh, Muldoon looks in a foul mood. Better keep clear, Rogers. Now, Muldoon, who's that? Do you know who that is? He's his, uh, He's the precinct chief. Yeah. He's, well, not chief, but I think he's his sergeant, right? He's, he's Yeah. A, well, a, um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now, that's strange. Muldoon passing up a chance to chew me out. Never seen him look like this before, as though he's been beaten in some way. Say, Bob, what's wrong with the Sarge? Somebody steal his favorite cigar? Not quite, Rogers. Seems like Muldoon's been hiding a few things over the past couple of years. Things a special city hall commission have just dug up. He's been suspended, Rogers, and maybe it's going to cost him his job and a year or two in jail. No. I I can't believe it, Bob. The man you're talking about isn't Muldoon. Yeah, sure. Maybe he's been framed, Rogers. After all, Muldoon ain't the sort who makes a lot of friends. And what of the man in question? What of the man named Muldoon? He walks with shoulders drooping, his jaw set firm, and but somehow trembling. And when he leaves the shelter of the brightly lit station house, his step is less sure than ever been before. It's not hard to hurt a man, even a rough man like Muldoon. But having hurt him, have you broken him? Have you? These are the questions returned in Steve Rogers' mind. Questions without answers, for the answers lie only in Muldoon's soul. Come on, Bob. Let's get ready for our patrol. Now the hours pass quickly. Minutes fill with idle chatter. Conversation to dull the double-edged knife twisting within a very weary Steve Rogers. Not for a moment do his thoughts leave Sharon Carter. Nor does he forget his own grim helplessness. A frustration which fills his mind with tension and pain until... Bob, stop the car. That bird out there. I see it, Steve. Must have gotten out of the zoo. Because I, you just don't see many of them in New York these days. Stay here, Bob. I'll be back in a moment. The rain falls more gently now. Its sound is soft and muted. And muted as a sudden whispered exclamation. Sam, where in the name of heaven have you been, man? 
looking, Steve, in places only a guy like me could reach. There were leads, a few hints, nothing I could tell you before. Then tell me now, did you find them? Is Sharon safe? I don't know, Steve. That's why I come for you. Guess I thought you wanted to face them down together. Thanks, Sam, and I mean that. It's going to cause problems, but right now I couldn't care less. I've been worried sick over Sharon for hours and hating myself for being unable to do anything to help her. But now that's changed. I can't let anything hold me back. Not if I ever want to face myself again. Maybe that's what caring really is. A sense of commitment to another person. Yeah, commitment. So he takes off his police uniform, leaves it in the alley, and runs as Captain America with Falcon. His partner, who's been waiting a while, comes out with his flashlight. Steve, are you back to Steve? Steve! But the man called Steve Rogers is gone. His alter eagle already a dozen blocks away. Offense, Sam? Actually, a part-time pawnbroker, fellow by the name of Wiser. He told me about the truck and its strange cargo. And you took it from there? Mr. Wilson, how much would you say that makes me owe you to date? In my books, Mr. Rogers, not a thing. Not a thing. Minutes flow like seconds. And when 20 of them have summarily passed, they come up on S&B company storage. There, third floor, loft area, storage space on the second floor. Any suggestions? The Falcon shrugs. It's your game, he whispers. And what of the other players? One of them, at least, has his mind on other things. On memories of a distant origin. Which happened when, Bob? Back in uh, The Amazing Spider-Man number 20. Right. Yeah. And valiant battles with the adventurer known as Spider-Man. You know, lady, every time I think about how Jameson, that publisher guy, wanted to make me into some sort of superhero, well, it gives me kind of a kick. Ha! Yeah, it makes everything sort of worthwhile. Just to know what a fool I made out of that creep. Just like me and Hyde are going to do to Fury and the rest of those crummy agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But who comes bursting through the glass, Bob? It's Captain Falcon and Red Wing! I know! Let us know when you're going to try, Scorpion. That's something we'd like to see. Captain America! Good guess. And just to keep the record straight, I'm not a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Never have been, never will be. Falcon, don't worry about me. Help Cap. Hyde will be back any minute. Steve can't handle them alone. Lady, since when does Captain America need my help in a fight? In case you had noticed, he seems to be holding his own. As though in silent reply to the Falcon's voiced confidence, Cap abruptly dodges the Scorpion's next blow and lunging under the electronically controlled tail, heaves them both off the loft's trembling ledge. Breaking his hold on the Scorpion's squirming waist, Cap spins free while the maddened Scorpion saves himself in his own unique style. What's his unique style, Bob? Uh, he curls his, uh, his scorpion tail and uses it almost like a, uh, a spring. Yeah. Boing! That cuts it, pal. I thought maybe I'd make it soft for you and the girl, but not now, Buster. Not now. Remind me to be frightened, Scorpion, but then I'm not the sort who scares easily. 
So you might have to work on it a bit hard. What? And he threw his shield. But who catches it, Bob? Oh, my God. It's Mr. Hyde. Playtime's over, Crumb. Because now it's time for Mr. Hyde. And he goes and takes his shield and he goes to throw it, bang it on his knee to crack it in half. It, it didn't break. Didn't even bend. What sort of crazy stuff is this? I can wreck anything. Anything. Maybe he can, Sharon. So what gives? I don't know, Sam. There's some sort of mystery behind it. But Cap's never told anyone about it. But still. Hey, wait. Hyde isn't finished. Cap, look out! And Hyde throws the shield. And Cap ducks. And it goes like halfway into the wall. Nice shot, Hyde. Now, if you don't mind, it's my turn. I'm sick of this guy's mouth, and I'm going to teach him the scorpion stronger than anybody. Anybody. Strength lasts only so long. The hours without sleep take their toll, and even a hero may fall. And then must the hero turn to other things, if he can. Cap, Cap. You've got to help him, Falcom. You've got to. Hold it, woman. I said, hold it. Maybe I know what I'm doing, and maybe you don't. Think about it a moment. Do you really want me to bail Cap out? I, I just don't want to see him hurt, Sam. He means too much to me. I, I don't want to lose him. Then let him do it alone. Believe me, Sharon, he can't. And what's more important, he must. Outside the rain patters a funeral beat on the warehouse walls. A beat which throbs in rhythm with the pulse of Steve Rogers' heart. Though a growing haze, he hears the scorpion's heated taunts. He knows his strength is waning, the flesh too weak to support the soul. And yet, when strength fails, might not wit prevail? And he grabs the rope, and he tosses it around the scorpion, tying down, wrapping around one of his arms and the base of his tail. Now, scorpion, we'll see who's beaten whom. Tell me, mister. What's good is your lashing tail when it's bound too close to move? No! What's wrong, Scorpion? Isn't that what you wanted, just you and me? Uh, stay back! You better stay back! It's man to man now, Scorpion. Me without my shield, and you without your tail. And he punches him and nails him down. I guess that was just something you couldn't take. Yeah? And what about me, bright boy? Let's see you try tricks with Mr. Hyde. He coos jumping on him from behind. You. Too late, he turns. Too late, he remembers. Against this man, wit alone is useless. Hyde is too strong. The chemicals which changed his form from that of a weak scientist have given him unnatural strength. Strength enough to lift a car. Strength enough to shatter a spine like a twig. And he has him in like a bear hug, Bob. The time for wit is past. The moment of strength has left him. Now he's truly a man alone, dependent solely on his years of training, on his will, and ultimately on his skill. And he takes his hands, puts them in a karate chop motion, and then he whacks him on the sides of both sides of his ribs, Bob, and it, it makes a noise. Yeah, it's a double karate chop that goes whack! Karate chop! 
Oh, my ribs. You must have broken my ribs. For an instant, Hyde sways, cheeks puffed with pain. Then he turns and charges. But the charge is meaningless, for the battle is over. And he punches Hyde in the face, and it makes a loud noise. <laughs> and then the next panel, again, silent, nothing else in it, but a picture of Hyde, who looks shocked. And then the next panel, he falls over face forward. Pump. Oh, I beat you to it. <laughs> Slowly, almost hesitatingly, Steve Rogers unclenches his fists. And that movement seems to release a bound up coil of weariness, which swells open within him. Sam, Sharon, let's get out of here now. Steve, I tried to come to you. I did, but he wouldn't let me. I, I thought they'd kill you. I, I thought you'd easy share. And he hugs her. It's over for the time being. Sam, I'm not good at this sort of thing. Just forget it, Cap. And he hands him his shield. Mr. Wilson, some things you can never forget. Come on, Sharon. I feel like walking for a while. Walking with maybe a little bit of talk. And the subject of that conversation, perhaps it's a token of the compassion of Steve Rogers that his thoughts turn to return to Muldoon. Muldoon, who is only now reaching his home in Elmhurst, Queens. And he walks in the front door and his wife's waiting for him. Sorry I'm late, hon. Couldn't seem to defy my way. Funny, you know, getting lost after all these years. Brian, what is it? Something's wrong. Wrong? Yeah, you could say that. Something about money? Some sort of bribe? You see, I've been suspended, honey. No, it isn't true, Brian. It can't be true. It is, Ella. Honey, believe me, it is. And as Sergeant Brian Muldoon faces an increasingly uncertain future, we face next issue, Captain America, fraud. Oh, my gosh. All right. There was two issues. What do you think, Bob? You know, that... That final showdown between Hyde and Scorpion and Cap with with Falcon on the side reminded me of Young Frankenstein. Do you remember that movie? Uh, we talked about it previously in this podcast. Yeah, but remember, yes, we did. Remember when Frankenstein monster was trying to climb to the top of the of the tower and yeah. they wanted to help him and mm -hmm. Dr. Frankenstein said, No, he wants to do it himself. <laughs> but he really wanted help. <laughs> he really wanted help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. yeah, that reminded me of, of this battle. No, uh, Sharon, Cap wants to do this himself. But did he? Like, did like, he really? I, I mean, I maybe I'm missing something from previous uh, issues that that you know the previous two. Right. But I don't recall there being a Cap doubting himself. Yeah, right. Like he felt like he couldn't handle these two by himself. Oh no, yeah. let me prove myself. I didn't get that. I will say though, I did appreciate Jerry Conway's writing uh, overall. I there was a lot of first of all, it reminded me of there was a lot of words that you know you learn as a kid reading comics right yeah, like sure. yeah there was he did throw in a lot of yeah a lot uh, of words were ubiquitous it you could say that yes <laughs> um so there was that but also there was a lot of one scene rolling into the next scene where 
you know, the the something happened that were the, the there was a word balloon or or uh something like that that happened. There was a lot of that. It it seemed to me there was a lot of I don't want to say it was eloquent, but I want to say yeah, there was no. some sophistication there that was. was going into the writing that one scene went into the next scene to the next scene. Yeah. It was uh, you know, good segues. Um you a know, lot of I descriptive mean, writing is yes, well, yes, you know? which made it easier for me. I didn't have to pause and like describe the scene because yeah. because he was describing the scene, uh, and much to the colorist dismay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know yes. the blue gas and the black car, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Bob. Do you have a? You go first this time. So, um, do you have a a, a favorite panel? You know, I think I do like uh, page 14, issue mm-hmm. 152. It's the one where Cap and Falcon are crashing through that skylight into uh, mm. high, and Red Wing, into yeah. Hyde and Scorpion's uh, third floor loft. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool panel. I, yeah, I always like it a is. crashing through a skylight panel. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a good one. All right, what about yourself? Uh, same issue. I'm going to go with... Uh, the second to last page, which would be page 19. Uh, I, uh, can I, can I be bad and pick two? I, I, I like, I like the one where it's just, there's no words and it's just the face of Hyde who just got punched in the head and he's got this dumbfounded look on his face. Oh yeah. And then the next panel, he falls over face first. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I like that. That was, that was. I don't know. I I liked the way Sal Basima uh, did that, and and there were several panels in these two issues that did not have any words in them, whether it be uh, a word balloon, a thought balloon, uh, a, you know, description or anything like that, a sound effect. They he did that a lot. Uh, well, not a lot, but but a lot more often than you would see, and right. um, and so I I enjoyed that. All right. What about uh, what about t-shirt worthy? Oh, t-shirt. I'm going to go with um issue 151. Ooh. And I'm going to go What the hell was that for? It's <laughs> trying to build excitement. <laughs> oh, <God. Ooh. laughs> oh, you're picking that issue? That's so exciting. Anyway, so the last yeah. page on on that issue, uh, I am thinking I would like to see the panel that says, get out of my life. And seeing oh, yeah. uh, Nick Fury getting cold cocked with a right punch yep. from uh, Cap. I want to put that on a shirt. Get out of my life. Yeah, uh, that's good. I like that. I, I do. That's a good that, one. That'll be like on on my angry days. I'll wear that T-shirt. Right. Yeah. All right. Good choice. What about you? Uh, I think I'm gonna go same issue. Ooh. Uh... <laughs> you you. I was just about to do that, uh, but you took it from me. Damn it. Page, page fifteen, first panel. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> when Cap, uh, he thrumps, Mister Hyde. Right, he thromps him. He thromps him. He he he, he uh, cross upper upper cut. Oh yes, thromp. Yeah, you know, and we just see we see Cap and color, and, uh-huh. and of course 
then in the foreground we see Hyde, you know, flying backwards, uh, you know, shaded in purple. But it's yeah. uh, and 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 it says Trump, right? Yeah. That's the sound. That's a good one. Yeah, I like That's that. That's a good one. So. I like that. Yeah. Um, what about your time capsule? What are we Ooh. doing there? All right. Well, I'm gonna go uh issue one fifty two, Rick. What? Yeah, I know, no? right? Yeah, I know. It's a surprise to me as well. But it's the it's the last panel on page eleven, and we see uh, a police car, mm-hmm. and and I, I love those white wall tires on the police car with the single bubble light on the roof. Right there's a throwback. Oh yeah, throwback. Uh, that that's uh, a good one. Yeah, early nineteen seventies police car, definitely uh-huh. on its way out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. White wall tires too. Yeah. That's a good one. I like I love that. White wall. I got love some good white wall tires. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go with, um, for my time capsule, I'm going to go with 151 and I'm going to go with page six. So that's when, uh, Steve is with the Falcon mm. and Steve, um, he's telling him I need a friend. And Falcon says, what's the buzz? And Steve has no idea what that means, but he <laughs> understands the context. So he says, if you mean what's wrong. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I think that's a time capsule because uh, there, there's a there's a generation gap there in the lang in the lingo. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like that. That's good. You're, I mean, it's like two time capsules there one for steve because he's a man out of time and yeah and, and sam's talking some 1970s lingo that he doesn't get because it's advanced but for readers today we're well, we're looking at 1970s lingo and yeah exactly and, you know it's out of date for us as well mm-hmm. yeah anyway I, you know fun visiting 1972 as always sure. uh you know what's interesting um bob if you had to guess uh, these two issues, 151, 152, what do you think the price guide in near mint, near mint for each of these is? Just take a while, I guess. 12 bucks. I would have guessed less than 10. Okay. 28. 28, really? $28 each yeah. in near mint. Okay. Um, I don't think comic shops are getting that. Yeah. Personally. Right. But um, then next issue with 153, it's huge because that is when Steve Englehart joins mm-hmm. the series to to partner with Sal Basima. And that's also when we see the 1950s cap story of those four issues. Yeah. All of a sudden it jumps up to $50 yeah. Yeah. per issue. Um, and I think at I, I I would say some of that has to do with it being Steve Englehart and some of that has to do with it being Bernie, you know, um, Burnside, right? Yeah. Bill, yeah. Billy. William Burnside. Yeah. 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 Billy B. Um, interesting. Uh, this issue of, of uh, Captain America 152 introduction of Morgan. So in the diner, mm-hmm. that was the first appearance of Morgan. Okay. And then he is actually for the next two and a half years, a major part of uh, yeah. what's going on in the Captain America stories. Uh, so, you know, Jerry Conway, he set up a lot of stuff here for, for um, Steve Englehart, right? He set up yeah. Morgan. He set up this whole story with Muldoon. 
uh he set up this whole steve and uh you know sharon yeah right yeah and he only he only did four issues but but man he sure he certainly did kind of make his mark in trying to you know set up some important storylines got some pieces lined up yeah yeah and the other thing too is we covered uh back in episode 58 we covered captain america 251 and 252 that was a roger storm john byrne joe rubenstein issues and that was the mr hyde and um uh batrock Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, we covered that two part story back in episode 58 and they reference what we we did today. Right. Because Mr. Hyde wants revenge. That's the next time Mr. Hyde sees Cap and he wants yeah. revenge on Cap for what happened in this issue where he knocks him out. Yeah. He's not a forgive and forget sort of guy. Not. No, not really. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, Bob yeah. and I promised we would just talk briefly about what is coming up the next two issue episodes. Yeah, what what is coming up the next two episodes? And I will tell you, I'm pretty excited. I'm actually excited for the next three. Uh, I but I don't I don't think we can really get into the third one. But next episode, we are coming back to our nightcap series Indeed. and that's when we, our our listener at the super soldier level uh gets to come on and pick the topic and so we have matthew glover you might remember him uh when he gave his uh review on apple and it was super glover yes you remember that yeah anyway so he's uh he's been a super patron of the show and he's going to be coming on um uh, and he actually invited Another member uh, of one of our patrons, uh, one of our shield slingers, Ash Barnes. So the two of them are going to come on for the Nightcap series, and they have a top 10 list that that uh, they put together and is the top 10 variations of Captain America. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a good show. Yeah. yeah. So what do I mean by variations? Oh, you know, like different alternate universes sure yeah. uh of 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 captain america um yeah. and so that'll be fun to, to go over that tablet so i'm looking forward yeah. to that and yeah. then bob episode 151 the next episode after that that's where we pull together my two loves of captain america yeah and fantasy football yeah and we do a captain america fantasy draft wow. you and i are going to go back and forth with our draft picks to build our own Captain America series with our characters. And you get to pick 10. I get to pick 10. Yep. We can't pick the same 10. Yeah. It's going to be fun going back and forth doing that. I'm looking right. forward to that. Okay. All right. I love that. Okay. Here we go. Not, I'm not, a little bit not, nervous. I'm really looking forward well, to I'm it. Well, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little trepidation. I have a little trepidation. You know, I've never done a fantasy football before. So this is all new to me. So, so well, you just got to think through. You got to think all through right, the, okay. the, you know, yeah. the strategy. Like, what 10 characters mm -hmm. do I want on my Captain America series? And then uh, what, uh, you know, you got to, yeah. but you can't, you can't can't like focus on those 10 because what if i pick one you need a right. backup yeah. plan you gotta have a backup plan all right yeah and we'll get into the next episode we'll get into the parameters okay. of what what the what 
you know, what we need to do to pick our, our characters. Now, and then episode 152, we have our next guest on the show. And this is a person who is got an upcoming Captain America story. And we'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Right? Just leaving that laying out there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, talk about exciting next three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Bob, uh, anything, are we, are we done here? You got anything else you want to add? I don't think so, Rick. I think you still have a little bit of sunlight today. <laughs> not really. No, not really. But... No, not really. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, well, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has. I can't wait till next time. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. You have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. We'll be right back.